Today on Truths That Transform. What I want people of faith to understand is that the Constitution is still the Constitution today. Congress has a responsibility to protect the free exercise of religion. They have now passed a law that disrespects the free exercise of religion, which I think is unconscionable. God has given his people a sure and clear calling to lead, to be on mission, to lead in the kingdom of God. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. Make sure to stay connected to us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by looking for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org, where you'll find a library of programs, interviews, features, and resources. Every year, usually in January, the President of the United States goes before Congress to do his constitutional duty of informing them on the State of the Union. But while that address focuses mostly upon matters of political policy, we're using the new year to evaluate the spiritual state of the nation. On today's program, you'll discover the current state of our Christian leadership and the prognosis for the future, and we'll give you the opportunity to make your own voice heard on the most crucial issues facing our nation. But as we begin, the Constitution guarantees us religious liberty in the First Amendment. This is because America's founders believed that a vibrant and free Christian church was essential to self-government and prosperity. But in our own day, advocates of secularism are working to turn all of that on its head. Here's our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb with more. I think since the time of the founding, religious liberty has been a precious thing in this country and has always been at risk. As that uh, time has progressed, as time has progressed, I think we've seen a more and more attacks on our religious liberty. This country uh, was founded uh, on the premise uh, that people should enjoy uh, the fullest degree of religious liberty. I mean, that's why our ancestors and those who came before them came over from the old country. Uh, to be able to live their faith and not only profess it freely. I think one of the biggest challenges and scariest things, frankly, right now going on in America is a threat to an individual's religious freedom and liberty. Uh, the ability to not just believe what you want to believe and to go to the church that perhaps you want to go to or not go to, but being told if you're a businessman, for example, or a businesswoman who owns, let's say, a, a florist or a baker, uh, that you have to participate in a same-sex wedding even if you're religiously opposed to same-sex weddings. Doesn't mean that you're not gonna serve a gay person and let them come in and buy flowers at your shop, but should you be forced to provide flowers for a same-sex wedding ceremony? Indeed, should a Muslim butcher be forced against his conscience to even handle pork? Should a black printer be forced to print up flyers for the KKK? So then why should a Christian baker be forced against his conscience to celebrate a same-sex wedding, which he believes is wrong. As a follower of Jesus Christ, 
Um, I believe that the Bible teaches that a wedding marriage is between a man and a woman. While I would gladly serve them anything else, I couldn't uh, create a cake, in this case, create a cake that would uh, um, imply my participation in that. The SOGI laws, the sexual orientation and gender identity laws, are, are, are really laws that are on a collision course with religious freedom. Um, when you see these things advancing, many of the proponents of these laws understand that religious freedom is on a collision course. There are two trains on one set of tracks going toward each other. And so at the advancement of these SOGI laws come at the expense of religious freedom. They are mutually uh, exclusive. Civil rights are based on immutable characteristics like skin color, ethnicity, place of origin, things you can't change, and religion, because that's in the Constitution. When you add behavior-based characteristics, you open the door wide to all sorts of claims. Religious liberty is facing unprecedented threats here in the United States. Many of these threats are posed by those who are trying to advance the uh, LGBTQ plus agenda. Uh, they desire to inflict so-called non-discrimination rules on many religious believers in and force them to do and say things that are inconsistent with their conscience. A potential for more damage to religious liberty comes from the federal government. In late 2022, the House and Senate passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which codifies into American law homosexual marriage. The badly misnamed uh, Respect for Marriage Act disrespects the American people and threatens uh, the fundamental freedoms of its citizens. Even if Congress has changed their definition of what they believe marriage should be, uh, people of faith should not be coerced into changing theirs. The Respect for Marriage Act, and I use that phrase advisedly because it's very disrespectful of religious liberty, I think started out as a political stunt. Uh, there's no evidence whatsoever that this bill is necessary. Uh, Same-sex marriage, for good or for ill, uh, is protected now by a misinterpretation of the Constitution. The bill, critics note, could open up a slew of lawsuits against those who hold to the Bible's definition of marriage. The big danger, though, I think, is that uh, it unleashes a bit of lawfare upon religious individuals and uh, the organizations, the institutions that they, they work with, uh, because it provides this private right of action to people to go after uh, those that want to um, believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, because that's what the Bible teaches them to believe. And so for the politically vindictive, I think you're going to see them taking advantage of this law. It threatens the tax-exempt status of nonprofit organizations that hold to traditional views of marriage and the family. It makes religious liberty cases harder to win. And worst of all, it opens up an avenue for activists to sue religious organizations that live out their beliefs about marriage. Um, specifically, we're concerned about faith-based adoption and foster agencies. I think these lawsuits will be dismissed, but the whole point is to bring them into that that process and to punish them by having to go through the point of actually filing a motion to dismiss, which could take tens of thousands of dollars just to do that very thing, literally taking money off the table that would otherwise be used to put food in the mouths of those who are hungry or helping those who are hurting. That should never be the case. Congress has uh, abandoned its duty to protect the free exercise of religion by the passage of this law. Critics note that one of the ironies in modern American jurisprudence is that so-called gay rights 
often trump religious rights, even though the First Amendment explicitly protects religious rights. And there are many judges inclined to believe that the values that are not articulated in the Constitution are more important than the realities and truths that are. My hope is that uh, the protections that we are assured are in this law are in fact there and that the First Amendment will still be the First Amendment tomorrow, even if they, uh, people of faith share a, an opinion of uh, anything for that matter that Congress does not. How ironic that America was founded by Christians for religious liberty and now we find our liberty being taken away one step at a time, including this new act of Congress. This law imposes an obligation on nonprofits that work closely with government to recognize same-sex marriage, and it creates a cause of action. It creates a vehicle for people to sue them in federal court. And so we're deeply concerned about the consequences of this new law. I think a lot of people are trying to take away the conscience rights of those who exercise their conscience, who live out their beliefs that people disagree with. Um, there's not unfortunately enough widespread respect for the exercise of conscience without regard to whether you disagree with that person's beliefs or not. Now there's an attempt to, to silence and to suppress and to censor those who utter beliefs that were commonly held not very long ago and, and have been the beliefs of most people in most societies throughout United States history and history of uh, the human race. What I want people of faith to understand is that the Constitution is still the Constitution today. Congress has a responsibility to protect the free exercise of religion. They have now passed a law that disrespects the free exercise of religion, which I think is unconscionable. We're very thankful for our outstanding Christian leaders who battle for truth and work to preserve America against the solvent of secularism that is eroding our entire social and political fabric. In a culture that rejects God and pushes Christians to the sidelines, what does the church need most? I recently addressed that very subject with my congregation here at the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale as we looked at this cultural moment. Derek Broadus was at the University of Tennessee it was a Saturday afternoon. He was sitting on the couch eating potato chips, getting ready to watch Tennessee football. An hour before the game, his phone rang. It was the coach saying to Derek, get down to the stadium. We need a kicker. Now to explain what had happened, Derek brought us a tried out for the team as a kicker. He didn't make the football team. But during the week, the starting kicker got injured. An hour before the game, the backup kicker got injured. And so the coach calls Derek Broadus to get down to the stadium as quick as you can. Derek Broadus wasn't on the team. He didn't even have a uniform. He was on the couch eating potato chips. A police escort took him from his apartment down to the stadium, and that night, he kicked three extra points and a field goal. He answered the call and got off the couch. Brothers and sisters, we don't need a call. The call from God has been given to us. The call of God is simple. The mission of God is sure. 
We don't have to wait to get on off the couch or to get the call. God has given his people a sure and clear calling to lead, to be on mission, to lead in the kingdom of God. Rise up, O church of God. Be done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. So what type of leaders are needed in the kingdom of God? I'll propose this. We need men and women whose lives give evidence to the internal work of God. The church of Jesus Christ desperately needs men and women whose lives give evidence to the internal work of God. Listen, the church loves to beat up the next generation. But I'll tell you one thing about this next generation, and some of them sitting in our midst this morning, is they can smell a phony a mile away. And if you think we are going to win the hearts and minds of the next generation and continue to just give lip service on Sunday morning to God and live contrary to God and his word Monday through Saturday, we will continue to lose generation after generation because the one thing this next generation needs is to see the men and women that they're worshiping with on Sunday morning actually living out their faith Monday through Saturday. They need to see that this God is real, that this God actually changes things, that it changes people and places and churches and communities. For the Lord's sake, may we be men and women who bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, genuine conversion manifesting itself in every area of life so that the young people in our midst say, that's what I want to be. If following after Jesus is that, I want to be a part of the family of God. May we bear witness, not just external conformity, but inward transformation of the work of the Holy Spirit. The ultimate hope for America is men and women that are sitting in the pews on Sunday morning actually going out and demonstrating their conversion and the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit. The ultimate thing this nation needs is born-again believers who actually live out their faith Monday through Saturday. That is the hope for our nation and the hope of our culture. Men and women who rise up out of our pews on Sunday morning, and they demonstrate, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Men and women who rise up from the pews of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church and say, I am willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the kingdom of God and for his glory. You see, when the heat rises, and as the heat of our cultural moment rises today, you begin to see who is the ones of genuine faith. You begin to see the one when the heat rises, who is really willing to step out in faith and really be outspoken, to really live out the faith that they profess on Sunday morning. This is the calling of the people of God. And all throughout the book of Judges, you hear this phrase over and over again, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Is this not the creed and the motto of our culture? That we're allowing people out there 
to redefine what is true and redefine what is good. We have school systems and school boards across North America saying you can define what is right and what is true and what is pure and what is gold. And my question is, when the heat rises, will the real Christian please stand up? Where are all the Christians that will say, no, we will lead and we will speak up and we will stand up no matter how hot it gets, no matter how great the opposition, we will lead in the midst of this moment. Who will stand, brothers and sisters, to be a leader? To be a leader in the kingdom of God requires great courage. To be a mother and a father in this cultural moment requires great courage to actually stand up to your children, maybe even to the point of your children's disdain, to be able to say, no, I am the parent and you are the child, and I will lead this family faithfully. Business leaders, it takes courage to be bold and outspoken about your faith. Policymakers called into the public square. It takes courage to be bold about your values and your faith in the midst of opposition. Leadership is hard, but leadership is beautiful. And oh, how we need godly leaders to rise up, to stand up, and lead. And there are some people here this morning and some people watching at home that are in the middle of the battle and you have failed to believe that God fights our battle. You're in a marriage battle. God fights the battle for your marriage. Parents, you're in a battle for your kids. God fights for your kids. You're in financial battle. You're in a career battle. You're in a battle for your health. God fights your battle. And there's some people here today that need to believe that once again. And some people that need to believe it for the very first time. God fights the battle us. You know, there's some people that say, all these messages about dying to myself and dying for my wife and dying for the church and, and dying at my workplace, I mean, who fights for me? It's a good question. Your father does. For thousands of years, God has fought for his people, and God loves nothing more to fight on behalf of his children, going out before them, leading the way in battle. You see, this is the reality. The God we serve is not a westernized, soft, wimpy God. The God that we worship and serve is a warrior God that goes out and fights the battle for us. Amen. And God takes great delight in destroying all those who would harm his children to make all rights wrong. And it would be hundreds of years later that the great battle would happen on the cross where God the Father would send God the Son and the great oppression of sin and death would not fall on his people, but the great oppression of sin and death would fall upon the very Son of God that Jesus himself would fight the battle on the cross by allowing the judgment of God to fall upon him. Why? So that on the cross, Jesus would be crushed so that you and I could go into the battle knowing that it would never crush us. 
The heat might rise, the battle might be fierce, but children of God live with the confidence that the battle will never crush those that are connected to Jesus Christ. This is the good news for those that belong to Jesus. We can fight, we can lead, and we can stand because Jesus goes before us. At the end of the 2017 NFL season, the world witnessed the greatest Super Bowl in history, Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots, in my humble opinion. Although they didn't look like it last night. But I must confess, there are times I'll be flipping through the stations and I'll see a repeat of that Super Bowl and I'll watch it and I'll watch it again. And I'll watch it again. And you say, Pastor, why would you sit there and watch it over and over and over again? One reason. I know how the story ends. And because I know how the story ends, it makes watching it all the more enjoyable. Brother and sister, we know how this story ends And because we know how the story ends, that God wins, that God is victorious, that God has already claimed victory on our behalf, we can actually live and operate with a spirit of joy, that we can actually get off the couch and into the game, that we can lead as the people of God have been called to lead from generation to generation. This alone gives us the power and the strength to lead, to stand in the face of opposition, Press on in the midst of adversity because you have a warrior God. On our own, we are weak and we are timid. But make no mistake, we serve the Lion of Judah and he will roar through you. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. As you just heard from Pastor Rob Pacienza, the heat is rising in America. This is a time of testing. Will we stand the test? As Christians, we are called to stake our lives on the truth with Jesus as our defender. There are many challenges facing us in our culture right now, but that also means that we have an opportunity to be salt and light where it's most needed. We want to hear from you to find out which areas you think it's most needed. Contact us right away to receive the 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation Survey. There is a new Congress being sworn in this month in Washington, and we want them to hear from us as they begin their work. This is a chance to join your voice with thousands of other Christians to tell these new representatives what you're most concerned about, which we'll be sharing with them. And when you contact us for your survey, we'd also like to ask you to consider giving a generous donation to help this ministry continue to stand for truth and broadcast the Word of God. We'll thank you by sending you our important book, Let Freedom Ring, featuring chapters from William J. Federer, religious liberty attorney David Gibbs III, and former U.S. Congressman John Hostetler, among others. Discover the deep Christian foundations our nation was built upon and how that foundation is being chiseled away by secularism. 
and find out the hope for America's future in this book, Let Freedom Ring, edited by Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And if you're able to give a generous gift of $40 or more, we'll send you Let Freedom Ring, plus the special DVD presentation, Invasion, the Left's Long March on Christian America. This DVD features speeches given by Oz Guinness and Alyssa Childers at the recent Kingdom Come Conference at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church as they examine the Marxist influence that's undermining our institutions and even our churches. If you have children or grandchildren in our school system, or if you're simply concerned about the future of America, you'll want to get a copy of this special DVD program and share it with others. That's the book, Let Freedom Ring, as thanks for your generous donation. And the book plus the DVD presentation, Invasion, The Left's Long March on Christian America, as thanks for your generous donation of $40 or more. And whatever you do, please make sure to contact us to receive your 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation survey Fill it out and send it back to us as soon as possible so that we can make sure your voice is heard in the brand new Congress as they begin their work. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Perhaps you've heard of the recent case of Lori Smith. Lori designs websites for a living, and she is a committed Christian. If you know anything about the state of Colorado, you know that the government there has been on a jihad against people who try to live out their Christian convictions in the sphere of business. The intolerant LGBT lobby there, assisted by the state's Civil Rights Commission, have hounded Jack Phillips, a baker, who declines to provide cakes for same-sex weddings because it violates his conscience. Phillips has won against Colorado at the United States Supreme Court, and yet it hasn't stopped state officials from continuing to hound and harass him. Those same officials are now up against Lori Smith. As a Christian who disagrees with same-sex, so-called marriage, she declines to design websites commemorating such weddings. She has sued the state for her right to exercise her conscience in her work, and Colorado officials have fought her all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Officials of the state are literally fighting for the right to be able to force her and others to create communication that they don't agree with. It's an obvious violation of the principle of free speech, and it once again demonstrates the totalitarian impulse of the left. The Supreme Court heard the case in December and will likely rule this summer, but it's another example of the anti-constitutional, anti-Christian Colorado state government in action. As the scripture tells us, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. But we should be thankful that there are strong leaders and courageous citizens standing for truth, often at great cost to themselves. Jack Phillips, Lori Smith, Kristen Wagoner of the Alliance Defending Freedom, who argued the case, and Supreme Court justices like Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas are just a few of them. Jesus said, Will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. God will ultimately win the battle, 
but he will do it through those who choose to serve him above all others. As Jesus goes on to ask, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. If you're in Fort Lauderdale, we'd love to have you come visit us for services here at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And you can also join us by live stream at crpc.tv, where you'll also find previous live streams and all sorts of other resources. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. We did a, a Barna poll. We showed that there were seven out of 10 in America, 69% said that if a doctor can detect the heartbeat of an unborn baby, that baby should be legally protected. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.